This is the last time you're going to hear those la la la's. Uh, we are we are concluding our road trip series. Uh, if you've been with us this month, we've been uh, journeying all over Nameless Texas with John and Todd. We've been to the Nameless Cemetery and the Nameless School. Uh, last week we went to the Nameless Crossroads, and today John and Todd kind of went somewhere maybe in the vicinity of the Nameless Cave. Uh, but as we've, as we've traveled, we've uh, been talking about some of the nameless people from the Bible. So we've covered the thief on the cross. You remember, he's, he's there next to Jesus, and he recognizes who Jesus is, and, and he reaches out to him, and Jesus says, today you're going to be with me in paradise. And he finds salvation. And then we talked about the widow who gives her humble offering, just two small copper coins to God, and Jesus says, you've given more than anybody. And then last week, we talked about uh, the cupbearer from Genesis, who takes his time, a couple of years, but eventually, he helps get Joseph out of prison. Today, we're going to be back in Genesis, and we're going to be looking at Lot's wife. Uh, But first, I need to give us some context. So Lot and his family lived in the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. You may have heard those names before. Well, Scripture tells us that these two cities were consumed with evil. The people were selfish and hedonistic, and most of all, they were incredibly violent. In fact, uh, just before our scripture for today, some of the people in the city try and attack and assault angels that are staying in Lot's house. Like, that's how rotten things have gotten. They're attacking, they're willing to harm angels. And so in Genesis 19, those same angels that are in Lot's house tell him that, uh, that he and his family should flee. They warn them that soon Sodom and Gomorrah are going to be overthrown. They're going to be destroyed. In verse 15, this is what they say. They say, flee for your life. Do not look behind you, nor stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the hills, lest you be swept away. Well, just a few verses later, their warning comes to fruition. And that leads us to our scripture for today. So if you've got your Bibles, you're welcome to pull those out. Uh, Genesis chapter 19, verses 23 through 26. We'll have it right here, of course. This is what it says. It says, The sun had risen on the earth when Lot came to Zoar. Then the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah sulfur and fire from the Lord out of heaven, and he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and what grew on the ground. But Lot's wife behind him looked back, and she became a pillar of salt. Okay, so Lot makes it to safety, but his wife was behind him for some reason. I guess he ran ahead, which seems really cold to do. (laughs) I hope uh, none of us would do that to our significant other, but he seems to run ahead, uh, which is really not that surprising of a move for Lot. He was definitely an uh, every-man-for-himself kind of guy. But anyway, Lot's wife is fleeing. And as she is in our scripture, we see her make a decision. She looks back. And it's in that simple decision that we're going to find our lesson for today. So first, let's look at that choice that she made. Lot's wife chooses to look back. Now here's the thing. Lot's wife didn't just look back out of curiosity. She wasn't just trying to like catch a peek. That's not what got her. The word used in this scripture for looks back here is navat. Navat uh, can be translated as look or looked back, but it's a little more than that. It really means to desire something. 
It means that you're longing for something, that you regard something with favor. And so Lot's wife was doing more than just looking back. She wanted to go back. Even as these cities were destroyed, she was longing for her old, her old life. She was stuck in her, in her sin, in her comfortability, in her familiarity. She was stuck in her past. Remember, she had been warned by those angels not to turn around, to keep her eyes ahead of her, but she didn't. She looked back, and it turned her into a pillar of salt. And that may seem strange, but here, here's why that, that salt is so significant. She became something that was useless in the desert environment in which she lived. She became something useless by looking back. And as much as we, we may want to shake our heads and shame her for this, this is a mistake that is so common in so many of us. I'm sure most of us have, have known someone or maybe we've been someone who was like this. Uh, my sophomore year of college, I transferred to the University of Arkansas and I got assigned uh, this random roommate, Craig. Uh, and if you've ever had a random roommate, you're just, you're rolling the dice, you know? You never know how it's gonna pan out. Uh, and Craig was a nice guy, but he had this habit that got on my nerves like crazy. Uh, he talked about his high school football glory days constantly. Craig, Craig was the quarterback in his high school, and he would let you know that. Uh, he talked about it all the time. He would tell me stories about all the touchdowns he threw, uh, how good he was, how he could have really played anywhere if he wanted to. Uh, Craig was a little bit like Uncle Rico from the movie Napoleon Dynamite. Now, if you've, never, if you've never heard of that movie, it is, explaining this movie is not an easy thing to do because it is basically a strange, low-budget, cult classic comedy from 2004. And one of the main characters from the movie is Uncle Rico. Uh, Rico is a man who is desperately trying to get back to his glory days. He wants to go back in time. Uh, so I pulled a short clip just so you can get a feel for his character. Let's watch. <laughs> How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountains? Yeah, coach would have put me in fourth quarter. We'd have been state champions, no doubt. No doubt in my mind. You better believe things would have been different. I'd have gone pro. In a heartbeat, I'd be making millions of dollars and living in a big old mansion somewhere. You know, soaking it up. A hot tub with my soulmate. Kill. I reckon you know a lot about cyberspace. You, you ever come across anything like time travel? Easy. I've already looked into it for myself. Right on. Clip from Napoleon Dynamite in a sermon, but you know, that's where we are. It's summer. Uh, Uncle Rico does go on. He tries to he tries to get a time machine and go back to to play that fourth quarter. Uh, but Craig had a little bit of that energy in him. He he was a little bit of an Uncle Rico. Anyway, I lived with Craig for most of fall semester, but a few weeks before Christmas break, I got fed up. 
And so I reached out to the university and I asked them if I could switch dorms and live with a buddy and they said yes. And so one day while Craig was at class, I moved all my stuff out. I evacuated that room in like half a day. But I never told Craig that I was moving out. <laughs> so when he got back to our room that day, I was just gone. And when he texted me, I didn't text back. And when he called me, I didn't answer. Uh, I 100% bailed on this guy. And I see now that that was not a very nice thing to do. Not cool at all. Uh, especially because six months later, I ran into Craig on campus and he told me that for weeks, he thought something tragic had happened to me. This poor guy thought that I had either been expelled or arrested or had died. And it wasn't until someone told him, like, no, Sam, Sam just moved dorms, that he knew that I was totally fine. But here's why I tell you this, this story. Here's why I show you that clip. Um, I was so annoyed with Craig for looking back, for being caught up in his past, for being an Uncle Rico. And yet at, at that very same time in my life, I was doing the exact same thing. I was just as much of a pillar of salt. I was just as much of an Uncle Rico. Because at that time in my life, I was fighting a call to ministry. I felt like God was calling me to be a pastor, but I kept telling myself that I was just too broken. There was too much from my own past, so I could never do that. I was too far gone. I'd made too many mistakes for God to use me like that. And the previous year, I kept looking back because uh, I, I had made my first and only ever D in a class. And I made it in public speaking. And so I thought, there's, there's no way that I'm ever going to go preach a sermon. I had all these reasons related to my past, all these things that I wanted to go back and get a time machine and change. And I see now that I was just as stuck in looking back as, as poor Craig was. I was just as much of an Uncle Rico. In fact, you know what? I was probably much worse because at least Craig was stuck in his successes. I was stuck in my failure. You know, the, the, the point is it's easy, so easy for us to become pillars of salt. It's easy for us to look back and become useless in the desert. It's easy to get stuck in the past and to let that define our present. But that is not at all what we're called to do. We are called to make the choice that Lot's wife didn't. We're not called to look back. We are called to move forward. Look, we can, we can always find an excuse to stay stuck in our past. We can always find a reason to look back and become pillars of salt. Like, let's look to scripture. Take the Apostle Paul, for example. He had every reason in the world to be stuck in his past. On one hand, he had every reason to look back and to have regrets like I did. And at the same time, he had plenty of reasons to miss his old life, like Lot's wife did or, or, or Uncle Rico. Remember, at one time, Paul was a Pharisee. He had this well-paying job. He was highly respected, highly esteemed in the community. He made good money and people knew who he was. Later on, when we're reading about him in scripture, when he's sitting in a jail cell or shipwrecked or hungry or hurting, he could have looked back. Also, remember that at one time he persecuted Christians. In 1 Timothy, 
Paul is, is writing to his young apprentice, Timothy, and he says, formerly I was a man of violence. He says, I was the worst of the worst. Paul could have looked back on that and he could have been filled with shame and he could have let that stop him. But he didn't. He didn't do either of those things. He didn't spend his time yearning for the comforts of his old life. And he didn't let his past mistakes freeze him or turn him into a pillar of salt. Because Christ had given him a new life and a mission. And until the day he died, he pursued that mission to plant churches and to make disciples of Jesus Christ. That's who he was. He was a man that didn't look back, but instead moved forward. In fact, one of my favorite verses, Philippians 3, this is what Paul writes. He says, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal, toward the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul pressed on, and you know what? So do we. We move forward. We forget what lies behind and we strain toward what lies ahead. We can look back and we can get stuck in our glory days or we can get stuck in our past failures. Or we can move forward toward whatever it is God is calling us to next, whatever mission he has for us. You know, like, like I said, uh, my sophomore year of college was a time in my life where I was, I was really running from a call to ministry. Well, after my sophomore year, I, I took probably my first step toward what God was calling me to. And I took an internship uh, with a Methodist-backed nonprofit in Dallas called Project Transformation. I know you've heard me talk about this a few times. Uh, but PT is a literacy program for kids K through 12. Uh, but it also helps college students like me explore careers related to education or nonprofit work or uh, pastoral ministry. Anyway, uh, there were about 100 of us interns, and one of the first things that we did that summer was get commissioned at annual conference. Uh, basically, there was this massive worship service, this meeting with all these pastors and, and Methodist lay people from all over North Texas, and all they were going to do was basically pray us up and send us out to the mission field. That's what it means uh, just to be commissioned. Anyway, there I was at this, this big worship service at First Methodist Richardson, and, and I was wearing this ugly bright green shirt that they made me put on. And I'll be honest with you, in this moment, I was just, I was second guessing. <laughs> I was really hesitant. I wasn't sure if I was doing the right thing. Uh, well, the keynote speaker that night was uh, the bishop out of Chicago, Bishop Sally Dick. And, and she got up and she gave this wonderful sermon. And I'll never forget one of the stories she told in that sermon that night. She said that, that one day she was reading the religion section of the Chicago Tribune. And there was a story about a local congregation that was doing some new, innovative ministry with the poor. And it was a great piece, a, a great work, but there was one mistake in the article. Uh, the headline had a misprint. The church that was doing this was the first church of God. But in printing the paper, they had forgotten to type the D. And so the article read, First Church of Go launches new mission. And she stopped as she was preaching this sermon and she said, you know what, that, that's the church I want to attend. That's what I want to be a part of. 
I want to be a member of the first church of Go. And she went on to talk about how sometimes we all get a little stuck. We fall into apathy. We're afraid of, uh, of what God is calling us to, so we just stand still and do nothing. But again, she said that's not who we are as followers of Jesus. We're supposed to be a people who act, a people who do, a people who move forward. We're supposed to be the first church of Go. Well, she preached this convicting sermon, and then uh, a pianist came up, and his name was Ken Medema. And Ken is world famous. He's a, a blind musician, and one of the things that Ken will do is he'll listen to a sermon, and then he will fully improvise a song based off of that sermon. So Grace, looking to get in Ken here, because that would be so cool, but <laughs> probably wouldn't be the best song he's ever sang, but, uh, but this is what he would do, and that's exactly what he did that night. And I don't remember the whole song or anything, but I do remember one line of the chorus. He sang over and over, Lord, we want the world to know that we are the first church of Go. Lord, we want the world to know we are the first church of Go. He sang that over and over. And, and I tell you all this because that night was super impactful for me. This song and this sermon, it, 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 was, it was really meaningful because I realized that that hesitant, apathetic, pillar of salt, scared person that she was preaching about was me. And I decided I didn't want to be like that anymore. I didn't want to be a pillar of salt. I didn't want to look back. I wanted to move forward. I wanted to join the first church of Go. I wanted to, to make a difference and to stop resisting what God was calling me to. And see, that's what Lot's wife didn't do. She didn't let herself move forward to whatever it was God had next for her life. This is the last we hear from her. Now, maybe she was afraid, afraid that she wouldn't make it in a new place. Or maybe she was yearning for the life of sin that she had just come from. Whatever it was, this, this nameless woman, Navat, she looked back. And in doing so, she became a warning for all of us. In fact, the only other time that she's even mentioned in Scripture is by Jesus. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, Jesus says, Remember Lot's wife. Those who try to make their life secure will lose it, but those who lose their life will keep it. Jesus says, Don't look back and try to secure your life. Trust me and move forward. See, Jesus didn't die for us so that we would be stuck in our past. He didn't die for us so that we would live our lives looking backwards. He died so that we would be free. Free from our past, free from sin, free from shame, free from anything that would turn us into Uncle Rico's or useless pillars of salt. Jesus lived and died and rose so that we could move forward. Maybe you're sitting out there tonight and you're thinking, Sam, you don't, you don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. Or maybe you're thinking for some reason that your best days are behind you. That, that you're past your prime, that for whatever reason, you, you aren't that useful anymore. If that's you, I hope you will choose to make the decision that Lot's wife didn't. I hope that you'll move forward. 
I hope that you'll know that as long as you have breath in your lungs, Jesus has got something here on earth for you. He has got a purpose, he has got a mission. All you've gotta do is ask yourself, what is it? What's next, what is God calling you to? What's next for your marriage? What's next for your family? What's next for your church? What's the next vision? What's the next way that you can love like Jesus? Whatever it is, let, let's move forward into it together. Let's forget what is behind and strain toward what lies ahead. Because we can choose to be pillars of salt. We can choose to be Uncle Rico's. We can choose to be like I was in college. We, we can choose to look back and be stuck. Or we can take Jesus's advice. We can choose to be like the Apostle Paul. We can choose to move forward. We can choose to join the first church of Go. Hallelujah. Amen. Will you pray with me? God, tonight I pray for, for any one of us that feels a little stuck. For anybody in this room, anybody watching online who may just feel like a pillar of salt, frozen in place. God, I pray that you would give us our marching orders. Tell us what's next. Lord, maybe it's something small. Maybe it's sending that text or making that phone call. Maybe it's inviting forgiveness into our life. Maybe it's including someone. Or God, maybe it's something big. Maybe it's a new mission, a new ministry, a new movement. God, help us to move forward. We're tired of looking back. We're tired of turning around and staring at where we've been. We wanna see where you would have us go. And so Lord, take us, take us by the hand and walk us forward and help us to know that you are with us every step of the way. Lord, we love you and we thank you when we pray all of this in the name of our rock and our redeemer, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. We'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com. Please download the WC Life app and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.